it really opens your eyes to a lot of stuff. So. so the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one -on -one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today, I'm joined by Bart Tipton, who's the founder and team leader for Prestige Properties. He's been in his service industry for most of his life. Believe it or not, Bart also has a pharmacy degree from Drake University and has over 20 years of sales experience. Now, Bart has been a broker associate for the last 14 years, and he has been leading the Prestige Properties Team Tipton, the number one team in Kern County over the last nine years with over $550 million in closed sales. Now, Bart also specializes in selling luxury properties, and today we're going to cover working with your sphere of influence. And topic number two, we'll roll through follow-up, follow-up, and how to do more follow-up to close more deals. And in topic number three, we'll talk about branding yourself and maybe we'll tease you guys with selling the luxury properties because I have a feeling that somehow they're correlated. So Bart, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Pete. Appreciate it. How was, that? How was that for an introduction? I wasn't introducing myself after all, right? <laughs> that was long. I know. I was like, oh, wow. I've done a lot of stuff, I guess. Uh, if you start putting the numbers together, that's adding up my age though. So... You know, it, 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 it's funny because I'm the type of person that I never look back in the rearview mirror and actually see how much I've accomplished. And you have a very impressive track record, but I know it didn't happen overnight. Take us back to how you got licensed. Take us back to your year one, U two, year three. What did your numbers look like? Uh, very poor. <laughs> yeah, it was dismal and very, uh, defeating at the beginning. So, um, I started, I was a pharmacist for 20 years. Um, I started a couple businesses, a couple pharmacies, uh, just started getting burned out. I knew it wasn't my the gig after a while. Um, we were pretty successful. My partner wanted to keep on going. I didn't. He goes, hey, I'll buy you out. And there was my escape from pharmacy. After that, I was like, okay, what do I do now? And I went, I've always loved homes. I've always, you know, likes going to open houses. So I figured it'd be a good fit. Studied for that. Got my brokers. And then, yeah, just started diving into it. The, the first year, dismal. I was a big marketing, marketing, marketing. Um, you want to guess how much money I made in my first year? I do. I do. I do want to know. I bet um, you won't get it. Zero. No, not even that. I lost $70,000. Probably not the way to start out. Okay. All right. All right. Take, take me back. How the F, and I'll bleep myself on that. You yeah, lost no. $70,000 in year one. That would have made it's, it's a fun story to tell. Yeah, it's it's fun story to tell. I've always been, you know, marketing, marketing, marketing. So I, I didn't quite start out like I should have, or I would have suggested any other agent do it. Um, but just getting names out there, names out there. I started doing postcards a lot. Um, 
just a lot of branding myself and it cost a bunch. So, I mean, it wasn't that big a deal to lose that much because I had only made, well, maybe five sales my first year. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it went out like a sieve, but it wasn't coming in. It, it was a hard time also. Um, it was 2010. So in Bakersfield, California, a third of the homes were uh, bank owned, third of them were short sales, and then a third of them were regular sales. So there was, you know, me being new coming into the business, listings were far and few between. So that was very tough. I had to hustle, hustle, hustle um, as a buyer's agent first to, you know, get my, get things going. And I, I dug it. So um, after that, it just progressed and progressed. I did start out, you know, if we start talking about the marketing thing, I just started out going, okay, there's one thing I want to concentrate on. It's the luxury market. Which was strange because I hadn't sold any homes. So how do you start in that? Yeah, it's I I always kind of learned it's like, you know, once you start, you know, diving into a, a specific price range, that's where you're going to start getting your calls and everything else. So it probably took six months, eight months to get my first listing. But I mean, it started out being a at that time, a so-called luxury listing. Um yeah, that and I just you know I probably had a chance at a couple others like very very low ones since it, they're bank owned but I just said no that's not the the market I wanted to attract either so we start putting signs on the more expensive homes work the open houses I'm a huge huge advocate of open houses um, and then just parlayed it out and out but it took you know probably four. Uh, three, four years to really start noticing, you know, uh, a major improvement. So when you say you started focusing on that luxury market and then uh, it took you a little bit of time, what do you mean that you start getting phone calls or things or opportunities start appearing in that price point? Uh, I mean, the big thing is know what you're selling. So when, since I was not busy those first, you know, a couple of years, I would take Friday afternoon off 12 o'clock every Friday and just go out and look at any homes over $500,000. So at that time, that's pretty much what the luxury market was in Bakersfield. So I would just go out there, whether I had a client or not, go preview these homes. I wanted to know what those homes look like. Um, because if you don't know what you're selling, it's kind of hard to, you know, guide people down that track track. So it, it's kind of like the one thing if, uh, it doesn't matter so much if I'm okay at, you know, 10 different price points. I just, been, I just want to be the best at that one. So it's basically the one thing. Understood. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of impact where you can walk into a listing um, opportunity and you can say, yeah, I know that house. I've actually been inside of it two weeks ago. It has right. this, 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 and this. And you know your inventory, right? Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. But before you really get into, because that has to do a little bit of branding, at least that's the umbrella that I would have that fall under. Let's dive into working your sphere of influence. Like, 
Wait, you lost 70K your first year. Did you not have a sphere of, of influence to really tap in <laughs> for some of those deals? I mean, that's a shitload of money to lose yeah. and spend and not get an ROI. Um, right. Period. I had a sphere. I mean, I, I came from the medical, you know, community, but at that time, I mean, things just weren't selling. I mean, everything, like I said, two thirds of the market. I wasn't going to get listings because number one, I was very, very new and my name wasn't known. That's why, you know, following up uh, made a big difference. The sphere of influence. I start. it took a while to just start writing people's names down of everybody I knew and making sure I had them in my CRM. And then it just takes a while to get going and have everybody know, Hey, it's it's a time process for me. So, but um, like getting into the sphere of influence, I mean that obviously grew over a period of time because once I have a client, I mean I'm kind of considering them sphere of influence from then on out because I those past clients are the best advocates you can possibly get. So those are the people that you know I would consider my sphere of influence along with my friends, business associates, you know. Past, you know, like I said, I had a little thing into the medical community too. But again, when you're going up against agents that have been in here for 25 years, it's still it's a still a tough fight to fight when you're trying to break in. Yeah, and I, I think your um, your sphere of influence. We we use that word all the time, and we think of like friends and family. But sometimes your sphere of influence isn't your friends and your family. Sometimes it's the professionals that you know. Sometimes it's the different email addresses that you have that you just simply haven't tapped into or haven't connected with because you never took the time to actually genuinely give a shit and care about them, right? Right, yeah. So, so as you grew your business, you've been at this, you know, you, you run one of the top teams or the number one team. Let me correct myself here in Kern County over the last nine years, what are some of the best practices that you have implemented in your business to work your sphere, build your sphere and create that um, loyalty really to, to use you over and over again? Uh, I think the biggest thing is just getting out in the community. I mean, that's what I used a bunch. Um, I mean, once you start going out to specific charity events or specific events that you have a passion for and other people have a passion for you just end up bonding i mean that's kind of you know the big thing is developing a relationship is the huge thing i'm it's so much easier to keep clients than um having to start and get new ones all the time so the ones that you do get just keep in touch and you know, be, be out there, do the same things that they are. That was kind of the big thing. It's it's easy to uh, communicate with people that you have the same passion in stuff for. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, I think that's the hardest part, right? Is figuring out what you like. So like, I don't know, I'm very intense about my real estate business. So people are like, what do you like to do for fun? Real estate. Yeah, that <laughs> I know. Isn't that, that's kind of funny. That's my same answer too. I like it. My my wife is like, no, 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 no. We're going to this party and you're not allowed to talk about real estate. And I'm like, what else am I supposed to talk about? You know, right. like, like, listen, I like cars. I like watches. 
But those conversations typically lead into conversations about real estate. So, you know, the same thing with like boats, but like, you're like, Hey, you like fishing? No, I don't. I just like taking the boat to the sandbar and just hanging out. You right. know, well, what, what do you do in your spare time? What well, spare time? I'm either on an appointment, on my way to the appointment, or coming home from an appointment or going to the next appointment. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. It's uh, real estate is not a nine to five job, is it? No, it, it's not. But, you know, we, we can we can laugh about it because, you know, a lot of people get into this for time flexibility, whatever that really means. Right. Right. Um, one of the things that I, I've realized is that working my sphere has to come very naturally by just getting myself in the situations that allow me and empower me to actually work my sphere. So just like you're saying, like if your kids have soccer. That's you going to the soccer games, sitting in the bleachers, working your sphere with all the strangers that don't know you yet, that are part of your sphere and striking up a conversation, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, one of my one of my buyer's agents is the king of that. And luckily he's in that, um, you know, the kids uh, age range right now that they are in soccer, they're in football. And I swear he gets two or three clients every season. His son is in something. He's never met a, a you know a person he didn't like or didn't like him. He's awesome. So I, I'm trying to be uh, a chameleon for a lot of stuff. I do like a lot of stuff, but it's neat learning about other people's lot of stuff also. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of reframe that if you're okay with that, because chameleon, I think, may have a little bit of a negative annotation or whatever, however, connotation to it. Yeah. Uh, Really, what you're saying is I like to be generally interested in other people and what they like to do. And you have two ears, one mouth, and you rather listen and make them feel special and important because you generally care about them and what they like, you know, the same way I care about what my wife says. You know, right. I may not love doing X, Y, Z, A, B, C, but because she does, I get to experience it with her. And otherwise, I personally wouldn't have done whatever it is that we're doing or whatever. But it is something now that I have a completely different outlook and a perspective on because I know I genuinely care about her. Therefore, I genuinely care about the activity and I genuinely care to participate. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm still true to myself. I still tell her, like, she asked me to go. Like I like museums, I like I like history, but there are certain things like I could just care less for. I just think they're just stupid. But I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And sometimes those are like the best time that we have because we just don't take ourselves too seriously at the same time. True. Yeah, it is. It, that is really neat, and I do appreciate that. You know, learning new stuff from other people too. Everybody's got different viewpoints, different hobbies, and just learning stuff about other people. I, I dig it. I mean, it's neat. I've got some really interesting clients that do really interesting stuff and you, stuff that you'd never think of. And I went, it really opens your eyes to a lot of stuff. So I, I, I do like that. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below.